Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. For your goodness in our hearts, I give you thanks for the work of your grace that you're doing in our lives. And we pray, God, that this word might come with an understanding that you're calling us to your kingdom. You're calling us to your nature. You're calling us to, to be a part of what you have always been. And we have fallen, oh God, in our sinful uh, passions. And we have departed from you. And we are now totally mixed up in a world that, that is totally uh, marred in absent holiness. So we pray that your word might cleanse us and wash us and give us a conviction of who you are and where we are to move so that we might be acquainted and might see you face to face like the angels cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Give us that heart as men who have drawn near to you have been stricken by the fact that they are in a paradox. You're calling them to a place that is high and lifted up. You're calling them to a place that requires holy hands and a pure heart. And we pray, Father God, that through Jesus Christ and through the Spirit of God and through your grace, we would be made holy and that we would be sanctified and set apart to be acceptable in your presence. Now prosper your word in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. First and foremost, uh, we're not the only ones not acquainted with holiness. Um, in the Bible, many of the men just seem to stumble upon it. And the first and foremost, a man in the book of Exodus by the name of Moses, he was out in the uh, outer uh, desert front um, shepherding sheep and although God always had a purpose in his life and we see his birth was supernatural and he was delivered and put in the Nile and we know that whole story but in his travels in Exodus chapter 3 and um, we could start in verse 1 it says Moses was tending the flock of Jethro his father-in-law he's a priest of Midian and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him out of a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. And so he looked at, uh, and behold, the bush was burning fire, but the bush was not being consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sign. He was marveling why the bush would not burn. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near to this place, but take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And so that introduction, introduction it says, moreover, he said to him, I am. He reveals himself as the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And so we see that maybe uh, some, some of the people that heard the message on Sunday ran up and they said, we, we didn't know 
that, you know, there are things that are holy and things that are unholy. We, we didn't know that God was so intense in his heart towards us. Um, but, but holiness is something that once you come to God, you uh, immediately understand that that is his nature and he's calling us to that. Um, and so without this condition, we're going we're gonna to suffer. We're going we're gonna to fall short of, of traveling in, in this life. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10, it says, Our fathers disciplined us as best that they knew how while we were upon the earth. They did indeed for a few days correct us as it seemed best to them. Our earthly fathers are disciplining us so that we can partake of greater advancement, greater uh, expressions of, of prosperity. But God corrects us. He, for our profit, that we might partake of his holiness. And partnering with God in the things that pertain to God. And uh, as I was talking to a man now who's been uh, a preacher, has been a man of God for 36 years, he was telling me that, that there's aspects of his early walk in the Lord that were issues of holiness that, that you know, hold them back from attaining to things now 36 years later. And I'm wondering if, if somehow or another, if we didn't get this right in our life as we started our journey in Christ, that we're still um, under the, the captivity, the, the selfish attributes of, of things that do not please God. Our offerings are still um, marred by a lack of excellence, the, the things that we present to God. And, and he says this in Malachi chapter 2, verse 11. He says that somehow or another we infect our service to God by being unholy. And so he says, Judah has dealt trick, treacherously. And an abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the Lord's holy institution, which he loves. And he has, he has gone off to marry foreign uh, daughters, the daughter of foreign gods. What is in our life that, that are things that God does not want in that? What are the thoughts? What are, what are our attitudes that we have embraced that is profaning, that is, is, is being uh, trampling the purpose of God for our life? So I want to encourage you that it wasn't only Moses who was approached by God saying, listen, stop walking the way you walk. The life I'm calling to you is holy ground. Each step you're taking is meticulously important. In the book of Exodus chapter 5 verse 15, as, as Joshua is confronted with going into the promised land, he also is seen there. We could go in verse, uh, let me say 5. Yeah, we're going to Joshua 5.15. Um, let's go to 14, Joshua 5.14, and you'll see there that uh, Joshua asked this commander, are you with me or against me? And he said, no, but as commander of the Lord's army, I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does the Lord say to his servant? Verse 15. Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take the sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. And Joshua immediately moved in the same direction. And I, I don't know how we can 
We can advance in the Lord and not deal with the issue of holiness in our lives. And this is what, what God is saying, that we are to be delivered in this life to the degree that we are able to put away that which is unholy. Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 74. Even in the pronouncement of the coming of, of this life of righteousness to us. He says, he will come to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies. How many, how many desire that the enemy would let go of you already? That he would have no more bearing on your life. That he would not come and trample your courts and trample your marriage and trample your family. And, and remove from you the prosperity. I was talking to, I was listening to a preacher yesterday. And he says that everything that God has put in our lives is for our prosperity. And we don't prosper because we have not dealt with God in the holiness that he's called us to. We're trying to, to move around in mud puddles. And we're splashing everywhere. And we're, we're upset because we don't feel the backing of God's prosperity and his blessing and his fruitfulness. I would say let's go here to the place where we are delivered from our enemies. To grant us that we be delivered from our enemies. And that we might serve him without fear. That there's, you know, usually what keeps us from surrendering totally to God. Is because something's there saying, you know something, this is not going to go well with you. But if you take a step into holiness, verse 75. He says, this is the way to be granted deliverance from our enemies, that we might serve God without fear. If you walk in holiness, if you determine to be right before him all the days of your life, grab the, grab the holiness meter in your life and find out if you've kept yourself separated for God's purpose or is that stuff all marred? Remember when Craig Hill came and he talked about what was holy unto the Lord and to offer it to him. And then the things that, that we mar and we, we give God leftovers and we give God things that are messed up. And that was the condition of, of Malachi as these people, they were offering to God things that were not pure. I'm reminded of, of Abel and Cain as they offer up to God what... You know, some offering which is separated and special. And, and God, here I've set my time unto you in a manner which is fragrant to you, aroma. And then Cain was doing something. And God says, you know, that's not the way I want you to worship me. That's not the way that I have commanded you to serve me. And so we're reminded again, 2 Peter 3.10. The day of the Lord will not come. Except as a thief in the night, which the heavens will pass away with a roar. The elements will be destroyed. There's going to be a horrific turnaround in the earth. Its works will be burned up. Um, I, I remember seeing Ravi Zacharias preach a message on, on everything that was not founded in God is going to crumble and be destroyed. Anything that doesn't have the foundations of God's righteousness will, will just be utterly turned apart. And it says, um, the, it will, with fervent heat, they will melt. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And so verse 11 tells us, since all these things are on the way to destruction, 
Since these things will, will, will undo themselves, and, and it's, it's, it's amazing in our generation seeing people run to different pods of salvation, career, uh, money, uh, relationships outside of God, alliances. Uh, and and I, every time I hear a report like that, and I'm not hearing people get closer to God and surrender greater unto God, you know that it's just a matter of time before these elements begin to be dissolved. And if everything is falling apart and if everything's being dissolved, what manner, what manner of persons ought you to be? What should be my attitude? What should be my disposition? Towards where am I establishing my life? He says, in holy conduct. In everything that pertains to God. I said this right before the real estate market crashed, before the bubble popped. I told everybody to go and to put their, their treasure, their talents into the kingdom. And a lot of people didn't. A lot of people bought two, three houses. They'd started and, and, and now suffering the effects of this devastation. And stripped of having no peace. Trying to save their homes. What ought to be our manner of walk? And so I, I want to, I, I think that God is awesome in, in sharing with us that holiness. He says in, in a place where the jackals, the desert, where people are terrified, there will be a highway of holiness. There will be a place that, that is a higher level of of living. And so we need to be acquainted with holiness. We already know that holiness is not the way we dress. We also know that holiness is not the appearance like the Pharisees who went around parading an exterior life of morality, but holiness is an inward presence of God. And that inward presence is is expressed by the fear of the Lord, by walking in a way that does not trample God's order. Wherever God was bringing judgment in Zechariah chapter 14, in the Old Testament and throughout scriptures, we see wherever there was the consequences of judgment and destruction, consequences of not um, holding out different expressions of our human life in a manner which pleases God, holiness, that he would call his people, hurry up, and get in a posture of holiness. Mark out your life by holiness. So Zechariah chapter 14, talking about the day of the Lord. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst, for I will gather the nations to battle against Jerusalem. And so there is great battle against God's people. But if you see with me in verse 20, he says, Put there... In that day, holiness to the Lord shall be engraved in the bells of the horses. The strength of your people will be according to the measure of their holiness. The pots in the Lord's house shall be like bowls before the altar. Yes, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holiness to the Lord of hosts. Everyone who sacrifices shall come and take and cook in them. And the day there shall be no longer a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. Everything will be consecrated to God. 
to be able to say, Lord, it used to be that Sunday was the holy day of the Lord. I want to give you every day. I want to set aside each day for you to have an expression of my worship. Let my life, uh, let my life be an expression of worship. And I want to tell you that, that holiness has two aspects. A, a lot of people think that, that holiness is, is one of drawing near to God. But I want to, I, I want to give you the understanding also. It's not only drawing near to God. It's drawing away from things. So one thing is I'm drawing near to God. But at the same time, I'm not having fellowship with things that are not consecrated to the Lord, not tied to his heart. In Job chapter 1 verse 8, we see the expression of a righteous man. Uh, it was a blessing to me to see this about 10 years ago as I was, uh, what was it that was making Job considered to be righteous before the Lord? A man who was upright and it was a twofold thing here in Job chapter 1 verse 8. It says, not only he says, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him on the earth? He's blameless and upright. His relationship with God and his getting away from things that are not straight. Look at those two things. I want you to underline them both. Because some of us and, and the likes of, of many Christian nowadays is that they have a real tight relationship with God, but then you see them diving the depth of everything that is not pleasing to God. Uh, you'll see, um, like we saw years ago, Madonna. She'll, she'll grab hands and she'll pray to God, and then she'll go out there and do a concert that's an abomination to his presence. So we, we must measure and look on those two levels, my relationship with God and also getting away from that thing which is wrong, not partaking with those things that are not pleasing to God. Make sure that your holiness is not one-sided. It's not lopsided. Because the devil will be sneaking in. And, and it will be an issue where, you, where, where you'll lose. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. The Bible says like this. Having therefore these promises. If God has laid up promises to prosper us. If he's laid up pro uh, promises to give us peace and to allow us to overcome fearful and, and really twisted things. Therefore, having these promises, be acquainted with what God has said. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. You'll see here it's a powerful two-sided aspect. The filthiness of the flesh and then there's things that are filthy to the spirit. Let us cleanse ourselves. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us, but this is an aspect that we must clean ourselves from those things that are filthy in the exterior flesh, carnally, and then the things that aren't pleasing to God in the spirit. What is this thing about cleansing ourselves interiorly and exteriorly? That's what's called perfecting holiness. Holiness is a walk. And you know that, that Moses was not acquainted when the Lord says, hey, take your sandals off your feet because you're standing on holy ground. That was just the, an introduction to holiness. And maybe Sunday here, for many of you, there's that introduction to holiness. Be holy for he's holy. And without holiness, no one will get near to God. 
And that's where I believe that many Christians enter into this desert like the people of Israel. A lot of fast things happened. They were delivered by separating themselves um, by the blood of the lamb. They said that, that they killed the lamb. They put it on the doorpost and they escaped. They were separated from Egypt. Then they were separated in the Red Sea when it opened up. Like if water baptism was taking place. And that, that's something some of us have done. But there comes a life, a time in our life and walk in the Lord where holiness is no longer holiness. Where we no longer say, let's take another step in the direction of God. Let's take another step in the direction of his instruction for us. So I want to say when it's talking there about um, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, 2 Corinthians 7, 1. That means growing another level of holiness. Um, Different expressions throughout the the generations have been uh, a witness of what pleases God and what doesn't please God and, and what, what we can consecrate, set apart, and consider this belongs to God. I'm going to give it to him. And so um, as we see two aspects of this, ask yourself a question. And I, am I moving forward? Have I compromised? Has it been a season where I haven't offered another aspect of laying down to the Lord? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, talking about uh, sexual relationships, and, and you'll see why almost every commercial and every TV program and, and every expression of the devil's uh, craziness right before the day of the Lord is filling us more and more with, with things that affect our holiness. In, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, he says, God did not call us to things that are unclean, but in holiness. God did not, God, God did not call us to be marred. I, I'm, I'm surprised that there are Christians that will say, well, what Jesus did on the cross makes me automatically pure and holy in his sight. And then they continue to, to hang out with the wrong friends and, and, and participate in things that, that, that are questionable with regards to his presence. And so he says in this whole paragraph, the, the plea to purity is, is sexuality. And we see the commercials, we see the movies, you, you cannot watch. You cannot watch a television program. You cannot watch a series. You can't go to the movies without being totally marred, contaminated with, with, uh, with visual expressions of lewd behavior. And then it tells us in verse 8, whoever rejects this is not rejecting some religious mandate, some religious order of man. Whoever he who rejects this does not reject a man, but is, is really contending with God, who's also given us a Holy Spirit that we might overcome these things. He's given us a Holy Spirit, who's called us to a holy calling. And so as we pursue in that direction, 
Let's, let's continue to perfect holiness. Romans 10, chapter 1, saying, for not, know, for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. Uh, a lot of times we have methods that we play around with um, religious schemes. And in, in this regard, uh, I'm going to be holy because I'm going to decide that and you just list your, your levels of, of whatever it takes. And so here it says that, that the Jewish people started raising up personal. Let's read that. Romans 10.1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. And so he says, for I bear witness that they have a zeal. They desire God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, seek to establish their own righteousness. You know that the work of holiness is a work that God promised to do inside of us. It's not a put on. It's not an apparent thing. It's, it's wholesome when God is doing a work in you and you realize, man, you know, I don't have an appetite for pornography. I don't have an appetite to go to a movie to sit there and have them curse at me for two hours. I don't have an appetite for some soap opera and seeing people cheat on each other. I don't have an appetite to lie. I don't have an appetite. God is, God is, his presence in us is doing a good work. Here it says that, that the Jews started to lift up their own measure of righteousness. And the Bible says that this righteousness is one that comes from Christ. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. We believe that God is introducing to us this life of holiness and he's perfecting it. And so I encourage you to, to not be fast, to be like the Galatians where Paul says, Listen, this is not going to come about through your own efforts. It's not going to come about towards your imposing, self-willed, condemning scenarios. And the guys who attempt to do this usually do it externally. They start looking around and says, oh, Claudio's not holy. And uh, Brian's not holy. And they're looking outside of themselves. And when you are confronted with God's holiness, you only say one thing, woe is me. I don't have time to look at Claudio. I don't have the time to ju judge a pastor, a church, an institution, woe is me. I'm in trouble. And so usually when you're looking outside for a measurement of holiness, you're doing that to try to deliver yourself. But the truth of the matter is that you can surrender and know that God, uh, we were reading 1 Peter 1.14, that we're not to walk in our former desires, but as obedient children we should pursue God himself verse 15 as he who called you has this nature you also be holy in your conduct Ephesians 1 4 uh, throughout every one of the letters in the New Testament there is a, an actual writing Telling the church and reminding them that they're part of a real 
personal inheritance. Ephesians 1.4. Just as he chose us in him. How many have that understanding? We're, we're his choosing. Before the foundations of the world. Well, what did he choose us for? That we should be holy. And without blame. Walking before him in love. That's our calling. That's our calling. It's a, it's a normal calling. It's a normal expression of walking with God. 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says also that by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Who's the one that saved us? Who's the one that brought us to himself? It was his doing. I didn't even know that this existed. Like Moses, take, your, take the sandals off your feet. You're on holy ground. And we've found ourselves also in the presence of God by his doing because of his love. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says like this. But of him you are in Christ. It was his work. And this Christ has become for us wisdom from God. And he's become for us righteousness. And he's become for us sanctification. He who glories... If you're going to be impressed about what is going on, let him glory in the Lord. Let him boast. Let him say, this is an awesome work of God. I'm reminded also of 2 Peter chapter 2 where it says that he's doing this, this cleansing work in our lives. I, I don't know what he's done in your life, my friend. But I do know one thing. There would be nothing greater that the devil could do in my life to have me desire that which I once desired. That which is twisted. And that's what the Bible says of these men who no longer are walking in the direction of his holiness. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 22. We can start going in verse 21. For it would, be, it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Once they have popped into this and with their holy commands and the holy word and the holy spirit and the holy presence of God, once we are there, it would have been better never to have known. But it has happened that them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his vomit and a pig who has been washed returns to the mire. All this right before the coming of the Lord. So we see throughout Scripture, and uh, I believe it's Hebrews uh, chapter 8, verse 5, that Moses is introduced not only to removing the sandals off his feet, but he's then shown a copy of heavenly patterns of things. He says, these things serve as a copy and a shadow of the things that are in heaven the things that need to be manifested on earth, that Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. And all the things in the tabernacle, God said, see to it that you make all these things according to the pattern shown to you when you were in my presence. So he shows them the, the place separated for worship. And then he shows them the outer courtyard. He shows them the holy place. And then he shows them a little bit closer to the presence of God. 
In the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies. That's where God is calling us. A high call in Christ Jesus. And these patterns of the tabernacle, in these days we're going to encourage um, a teaching of the tabernacle. So that you can see how, how God was calling his people to his presence. And they had to go through, through many uh, being confronted with aspects of their life. They had to take off their dirty garments. They had to receive new garments. They had to sanctify themselves um, receiving the baptism of oil. And so even the, the high priest that came into the Lord's presence in Exodus 28, 36, we see that God had prepared for him a crown that was on his forehead. This, this piece that went right here in, in the center of his, of his forehead that reminded him, you shall also make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it. God could have put anything on there. Like the engraving of a signet, holiness to the Lord. Lord, make my thoughts pure. Make my thoughts right. Make my heart's desire things that are lined up with your spirit. And so God wants to do that in your life. He's doing that in, in, in a constant basis with, with every direction. If we read 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9. God establishes you are a chosen people, right? You are a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people that God desires to possess so that you can speak of his, of his work in your life. I, I want to encourage you to that. That you understand that God is calling you to be a witness. And then when people are able to see your life, they're able to have a witness that something different's going on. These people are not the same. They're walking to a different drumbeat. They're walking for, with a different pursuit. And so we will present ourselves before the Lord in that manner. And it's not something where you could um, just decide, you know something, I'm never going to be holy because it's not that that holiness, not, holiness does not is not birthed out of your heart. It's not something that you can do. It's something God does in you, and it's not something that that is a struggle. It's the perfect work of His Spirit. Let's stand tonight and ask God, Lord, all these things. How how am I to place them in my life in a manner which is consistent with Your desire for me? What is it? What is it that you're requiring that I, I might attain to communicating, to understanding your heart? I, I really think that, that holiness, um, holiness is a, an aspect of, of just being set apart and, and just different, your thoughts what consumes you, what, 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 what concerns you. What is your, what is your values and priority are totally different. The devil continually mars us, continually entangles us, continually makes our thoughts. And, and I, some people have such a struggle, such a struggle with being able to order their thoughts. And here we've been in this building for 10 years.
We've been in this building for 10 years. And, and people are still like the first day they came in. They're not, they're not at, a greater, at a greater walk with God. And when you're going to pinpoint, you ask yourself, why, why, why am I not advancing? I want to challenge you that, that without holiness, no one's going to see the Lord. Without being uh, acquainted with this nature of God. As in the book of Isaiah, you see Isaiah is tearing up a storm. His ministry is, is going a mile a minute. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's doing 50 million things. And all of a sudden, he's confronted with, with the issue of his holiness. He sees the presence of God. He sees the throne room of God. He sees the angels that, how many know that angels have powerful ministry? Much more than us. The Bible calls them ministering spirits. They're ministering, they're running throughout the earth, doing the bidding of God's pleasure. And so they, they're highly productive in ministry. And when, when Isaiah has a glimpse of the throne room of God, he sees that the issue there. Is that in the presence of God, there's, there's holiness. There's, there's a sentiment that, that rides far above our human attempt and potential. And so there it is in Isaiah chapter 6. After he's doing so much ministry. In Isaiah 6 verse 2. Or we get verse verse one, Isaiah six one. He says, "In the year that King Uzziah died on an earthly realm, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and there, the garments of his robe filled the temple. Above this throne was stood a seraphim. Each one had six wings. Two covered his face. Two covered his feet. Two, with two of them he flew." And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. My lips are unclean. And I dwell in the midst of a people that speak things that they ought not to. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Really powerful to be confronted with this message. And say, Lord, why has the church not been able to see this? Why has the church fallen into such mixture? We were talking on Sunday as God has given us our bodies to be temples of the Holy Spirit. And, and so many Christians are going out and getting tattoos and getting ear piercings and doing things to their body which is improper. And I was wondering, we've lost our vision. We lost our connection with the God we say we serve and we worship. Let's go ahead and sing a song to the Lord. Say, Lord, show me this highway of holiness. Show me a higher calling. 
above that which is common, above that which is ordinary. Oh. 